Bibles, please go uh, to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We're just one verse today, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. This is actually the, the verse that we're kind of unpacking for this whole, this whole series. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So there's this burden, this thing that we carry. He's describing it as a yoke of slavery. And that yoke of slavery is actually sin, which is, which is bringing us down. It's weighing us down and not allowing for us to walk the path that God has set out before us. And so... If you remember, we are on a series called Break Free, and we're talking about the story of the Israelites, how Moses was going into Egypt, and he was allowing for the Israelites to be set free. And so what we're doing is we're making a parallel between the story of Moses and the calling on Moses' life to be able to set these people free and our own personal journey with Jesus as we walk out into our freedom and out into, into our our calling. So we're talking about that a little bit. And then last week, if you remember, we were talking about this moment when, uh, when Moses was before the burning bush. He was before this burning bush, and he received his calling from God. And what I want you to know, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit, is that each one of us here, we, we have a calling from God. Now, maybe it's not a physical burning bush that's going to freak you out in the middle of the night, but we do have individually, each one of us, we have a specific calling that God has set upon our lives. That's why he created you the way that he created you. He didn't make a mistake with you. You have the, the characteristics that you have because God has something that he wants you to do in this world. Same for Moses, same for, for us. And so what I want us to think about is that, is that, it's not just, hey, you have a calling, let's go into our calling, let's all have a great time in our calling, but there is a price to pay. And so the question that I, we've been talking about a little bit is, it's not whether or not you have a calling on your life. The question is, are you willing to pay the price? Because there's a price to pay, and this is the price that Moses paid, and it's the price that every single person has to pay in order to step into, into their calling. Now, the concept of the price is interesting because you're going to pay a price regardless. You're either going to pay the price that it takes to step into your calling or you're going to pay the price later of looking back and realize you never did it. So it's not a matter of are we going to pay the price or are we not going to pay the price. It's which price are you going to pay. And I would argue that the price of looking back and realizing that we never fulfilled our calling is higher than than the price that is paid in order to fulfill the calling that you have been called to. And so we spoke uh, last week, I mean, talking about the, this yoke of, of slavery and this sin in our lives that is holding us back to walk into our calling. And what I want to do today is I want to zero in on a specific yoke, let's say, um, that I want us to deal with today in order for us to be free. It's a specific sin that really is all-encompassing. It's one sin, but it, it, it all-encompasses all the sins in our life. And so I want to go back and look a little bit into the story of Moses. So Moses, 
responds to the calling of God, right? This burning bush, right? He, he goes into Egypt, and this is not an easy task. I mean, we read about this. We see, you know, the story. And we're like, yeah, he just went, he just went in there. But, it, but it's such a high price that he had to pay. So God calls him back to face his past. You guys remember he ran, he, he killed the Egyptian, ran away, was in Midian for 40 years, started a whole new life there. And then he has the burning bush, and then he has to go back, and he has to face he has to face everything that he had ran away from, from his past. He has to go back into that moment. Not only that, but he was, he was called to do something that was humanly impossible. There's no way. I mean, scholars say that, that there were around 2.4 million Israelites that he was called to go and, and set free. Plus, there was no detailed plan. Here's the thing. like It wasn't like God told, you know, Moses specifically all the details of everything that you have to do in order to, to step out and do the thing that I've called you to do. And so I want to think about that here just a little bit. Because everyone here has a calling from God, something that God wants you to do. And the problem is that I think many of us possibly, we're not stepping out in faith. We're not doing what God has called us to do. And the reason is because I just need more details. Like, just give me, give me more details. Like, I want more specific about dates and times and finances and all these things in order for me to be able to step out in faith. Now, do you realize that that is a contradiction? You cannot step out in faith if you have all the details. Because it would not be faith. And so I want to argue that it is possible that you're here today and you have not stepped out in faith because you're waiting for God to give you all the details. But the reality is that you probably have enough information now to be able to take that step of faith. Good luck trying to find a detailed plan of something that God is calling you to do in order for you to step out in faith. It's a contradiction. So I want you to think about that a little bit. Walking in faith and having a detailed plan is a contradiction. And I'm like that too. I don't know about you. Like, I just need a plan. Like, tell me what to do. Like, this, give me the deets, right? And I'll go and I'll do it. That's not the way it was with Moses. It wasn't the way it was with Abraham either. When you look at Genesis chapter 12, God tells, God tells Abraham, he says, go to a land that I will show you. Not even a land that I'm sure. Like, go into, like, do the thing first, and then I'll show you step by step as we go along. That was a step of faith. Um, Moses, same thing here. You see, Moses didn't know how God was going to come through for him. All he knew was God was with him. And God was calling him to, he knew he had to do this. And then God started working out the details step, step by step. So maybe you're here today. Like I said before, you're waiting for more details. And it's possible that you may have now all the details that you need. I don't want you to be waiting for details in vain. And so... Right? And so then Moses goes. Moses goes. And you know, you know the story. He goes in, right? He, he faces, you know, Pharaoh. He says, let my people go, right? And then Pharaoh says, great, take him. No? That's not how it goes? No, there's a little bit more, right? Like, it wasn't that easy. There's a few other things that happened. Pharaoh did not agree to have his slaves freed. Over and over again, God gives him chance after chance to turn. He, he tells Pharaoh over and over again, you know, hey, here's another chance. Here's another chance. Here's another chance. But Pharaoh was strengthened in his resolve to not do things the way God wanted him to do. He speaks, this, this, this speaks to the heart of God. It really does. The, the heart of God. What does, it, what does this say about the heart of God? 
See, God will wait, and he will wait, and he will wait, and he will wait, and he will wait. But there'll come a moment when his patience is over. We see this with Sodom and Gomorrah. We see it with Noah. We see it with, with Pharaoh. We see it with our present period of time. How many chances does God give us to turn to him? Psalm 103 says that, that he is patient, that God is, God is slow to anger, which is great. I love it that God is slow to anger. That's so, such a great thing about him. But we have to be careful because slow to anger does not mean there's no anger. It means his anger is slow. It's slow. He's going to give you chance after chance after chance. Now, the reality is God wants for all of us to be saved. That's what 1 Timothy 2 talks about. However, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, just like Noah, just like Pharaoh, the wrath of God is being held back. It's being held back, held back, held back. So the question isn't for us too, for Sodom and Gomorrah, like for all these stories in the Bible. And, the, and our present period of time included, the question isn't whether the wrath of God is coming. That's not the question. The question is, is the wrath of God going to fall directly on you or is that wrath going to fall on Jesus? And that's where the faith comes through. So the question you need to ask yourself today is, where are you putting your, your faith? You see, it's what God was doing with Pharaoh here. He was warning him, like, this is going to happen. It's coming, you know, and he gave him an out. Just like he's warning you and I every single day, you know, this is like, put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus, all of your trust in him. And so what God does with, with Pharaoh is he, he sends all these plagues. And these plagues were, were signs showing Pharaoh who God was. And there's something that maybe... There's something that maybe you didn't know about these plagues. So God is showing his power through these plagues, right? But there's something that possibly you didn't know about this. And the fact is that the Egyptians, had, they had multiple gods. And, and their faith was divided between a multiplicity of deities. Like that's so many gods. And when God sent the plagues, he was not only showing uh, who he was, but he was also displaying the powerlessness of these idols, and so some scholars believe that, that each plague represented a false deity that God was stripping of its power. In fact, I have, I have a list of all 10 of them here. And I, have, I think we have some images too, so I'm going to go through these pretty quick. These are the, the idols, the false gods that, that were being demolished by these plagues. Number one was, was happy. And this one's associated with the Nile and fertility. This was uh, taken down by uh, the plague of the water into blood in Exodus chapter 7, verse 14. The second one was Hecate, which is often depicted as, uh, as a god with a frog head. And it's associated with childbirth. And this was taken down by the plague of the frogs in Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. The next one, number three, is Geb. That's another god. It's the earth god that was uh, taken down by the plague of gnats. In Exodus chapter 8, verse 16. The next one is, is the god Kepri, associated with creation and rebirth. And this one was taken down uh, by the plague of flies in Exodus 8.20. The next one is Hathor, which is associated with protection and livestock. And this one was taken down by the, um, the plague of livestock, diseased in Exodus chapter 9, verse 1. The next one is, is the god called 
Impotep, associated with healing and medicine. And this one uh, was taken down by God with the plague of boils in Exodus 9, verse 8. The next god was the, the god Nut or Newt. Uh, which is the sky goddess and is associated with the atmosphere. And this one was taken down by God um, with the uh, plague of hail in Exodus chapter 9, verse 13. The next one is uh, the god Serapis, which is associated with crops. And this one was taken down by God with the plague of locusts in Exodus chapter 10, verse 1. The next god is the, the god Ra, which is the, the god of the sun, the solar deity, which was taken down by the plague of darkness in Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. The next one is the god Isis, uh, is associated with protection, motherhood, and life. And this one was taken down by God with the plague of the death of the firstborn in Exodus chapter 12, verse 29. And so what God is doing here with these people and with Pharaoh is he's showing, first of all, Pharaoh who God was. And at the same time, he was demolishing all the false gods. And now Pharaoh had every single chance to repent. But his heart was hard. And the wrath of God came and destroyed him and his people. And you may think, you look at this, this story and you're like, man, that's, you know, that sucks for them. Like, what, the, what does that have to do with me? That was a way back when. You may say, fortunately, I don't, I don't worship any pagan gods. You know, I don't. God doesn't need to come to me and destroy all the false deities in my life. Well, I want to propose to you not so fast. And I'm going to set it up like this. You see, us as a creation, we're very unique. There are many things that are unique about us, right? I mean, this are like us as humans. We're, we're completely different than, than any other species. And one of the things that is really interesting about us is uh, self-awareness. The fact that we, like, we know that we exist, have you thought about that for a little bit? Like, I know that I am. Like, how, what does that even mean? Like, I can look at myself and I can say, oh, that's Josh, and he needs to change some things about himself. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I think I really should. Like, that's who's talking to who here? That, that's two people. And you're listening to these, to these two people talking to each other. Like, you say something stupid, you know? Like, my mom always told me, never ask a woman if she's pregnant. And every time, if you ever ask a woman if she's pregnant, you've messed up. And if a woman ever tells you that she's pregnant, always act surprised. So if you say something dumb, you know, like, oh, man, I can't believe I said that, you know. Who's talking to who? I can't believe I said that. You're talking to yourself. Okay, that's self-awareness. You know that you exist. And it's interesting because some scholars will say that the moment that we um, realized that we existed was the moment that we sinned. In other words, why? Because we realized that we were naked. And so we, we like, we like looking at ourselves like, oh man, I'm naked, right? And it was like, oh, I got to cover myself up. We're the only species that is concerned about that. You know, animals, they're walking around naked all the time. They don't care. We don't care either. You know, we're never going to come up to a, to a person walking his dog and it's like, man, put some clothes on your dog, right? It's a family park. Like, <laughs> We don't do that because, because dogs don't care. We don't care that they're like, but we have self-awareness that like we can look at ourselves and we can analyze ourselves and make changes in our life. You're never going to see a dog walking down the street saying, man, I just, I feel like I've wasted so many years. You know, it's not the way it works. And so the reason why I bring that up is because the fact that we are self-aware also brings into the topic, the fact that we um, 
have the possibility of making decisions regarding where we're going to place our worship. Now, I'm going to try to unpack this here. Because another thing that's unique about us that is, that is connected to the fact that we are self-aware is that we are given the freedom to be able to worship whatever we decide to worship. And that's also different with all creation. I'm going to explain, explain it like this. So the Bible teaches us in Psalm 19.1, it says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Now what, what does this mean? So this means, this means that all creation worships God. Like, they don't have a choice. Like, 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 a tree worships God by being a tree. A bird worships God by just being a bird. The ocean worships God just by doing the thing that God created them to do. They have no choice. They have no self-awareness. They have no decision-making process. However, we have the decision. We, we have the the freedom to be able to decide where we're going to worship. And the problem is sometimes we don't understand what worship means. Now, worship, when we think about worship, sometimes we're thinking about this, right? Raising our hands, singing songs, which is great. But worship really is so much more than that. Worship literally means attributing worth to. In other words, what am I attributing worth to in my life? What is the most important thing in my life? What is getting our attention? What is getting my resources? What is getting my heart? Like, what is it that that thing is? That is the thing that you and I are, are worshiping. So when you think about your life, and you think about the things like how you're spending your time, how you're spending your money, where your thoughts are, what is it that you're consuming. Like if someone were to look at you and ask you the question, like look at what you're doing and everything that your life is, what is it that you are worshiping? What are you attributing worth to? It's a decision that we all make every single day. You could talk about the proverbial, you know, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So this moment in history in the, in, in the Old Testament, we look at this decision, like, what am I going to do on this tree? What do we find on this tree? Well, we find money, we find addiction, we find success, we find pleasure, we find fame, like all of these things. What are we going to attribute worth to the things that I want for myself, or am I going to dedicate my life to what God has for me? And just like in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, the enemy will tell us, you know, your eyes will be open. Remember that story? Like, just take the fruit and your eyes will be open and you will be like God. The enemy op operates in half-truths. So yes, it's true. Our eyes will be open to the fact that we're naked. You know, we become self-aware and we can see our own sin. But we will not be like God. In fact, when we decide to pursue these idols, we have denied God. And so we have the freedom to choose who and what we're going to worship. And now, as I, as I was saying, you know, idols can be exemplified in many ways. But the reality is that they're all the same thing. The representations of us making a decision to do what we want, decide to do what we want versus what God has called us to do. Anything that we attribute worth to other than God, that's, that's an idol. It's an idol. It needs to be torn down. And so that's the yoke of slavery that's, that's holding us back. So I want us to think about this a little bit as we go along our lives. Picture these idols in your life, the things that you're attributing worth to that aren't God. We all have them. This is the process that we are in. 
So it's time to tear them down. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going to close with this. I want, us, I want us to think about this here a little bit. As we're thinking about the story and we're thinking about the interaction between God and Pharaoh and tearing down all these false deities, like what are the things in your life, what are the things in my life that I am attributing worth to that need to be torn down? You know, one thing I've been uh, talking about a bit this year is, is the following. And it's the fact that as a church, we're called to make disciples, not mere converts. And what that means is a, a disciple is different than a convert. You see, a convert is someone who, who when, at one moment in their life, they make a decision, they get baptized, like, I'm now a Christian, so you can proclaim Christianity, like, I'm a Christian now, right? I'm a follower of Jesus. So that's a, that's a convert, let's say. Now, now, a disciple is different. A disciple is when you have taken that decision, and then now you're walking with Christ. And walking with Christ doesn't mean just coming to church. It's not that. It's great to come to church, but being a disciple means much more than just coming to church. And this, this is where it becomes difficult. Because in your life, in your walk with God, Christ is going to start asking things of you. He's going to ask you to start tearing down certain idols. And one of the questions that I ask my staff, you know, relatively often and people that I talk with is, is what are you putting to death in your life right now? What, 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 are you, what are you currently putting to death in your life? Because when Christ invites us to follow him, he's inviting us to carry our cross and follow him. So there's this proverbial death that he's inviting us to partake in. And it's the death of self. It's the death of these things in our lives that are holding us back from walking in step with the Spirit. And so... So if the, if the answer to the question, if I ask you one day, hey, so what are you, or you ask yourself, what are you, what are you currently putting to death in your life? If the answer is nothing, I would argue you're probably just a nominal Christian who likes the social aspect of church, but who's not a true disciple. Now, the invitation is to become a true disciple. And a true disciple will answer the question, not, hey, I'm perfect now. I put everything to death. I'm like, no, no, there's this one thing that I am putting to death in my life. So that's the invitation today, is that we can identify what that is. And we can start placing our lives before Christ as a living sacrifice. So I want us to have a moment of prayer here before we close. Because here's the thing, the, the story of Pharaoh is a very tragic end. You know, God gave Pharaoh so many, so, so many chances, so many chances to tear down his idols, to obey God and do what God was asking of him. My question to you today is, how will you respond how will you respond to the calling of God on your, on your life to tear down these idols? What are these idols? The invitation is that. Step into your freedom. Letting go of this yoke of slavery that's holding you back. And walk out into your life that you were called to live. So let's bow our heads here for a moment and close our eyes. I'm going to say a few things and then we're going to pray.
Because maybe you're here today and, and you're realizing maybe this morning for the first time that the life of a Christian is much more than church attendance or getting baptized or this or that, but it's, it's an invitation of a, of a life where we are putting things to death. We are tearing down our idols. We are cleansing our lives and dedicating them completely to you. Maybe you're here today and you've, you know exactly what that is. You know, you know 100%. You know what your idol is right now. Your false God. You know what that is. And you need help. And so I want to pray for you. Because for some people, it's so hard right now. Especially when it's an addiction or something that you just can't physically seem to resolve. So I want to pray for you today. I also want to, to talk to those who maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe this is so new to you. Maybe you thought it, Christianity was just doing things, coming to church and giving a tithe and, and going to a growth group. Maybe you understand now that stepping into faith requires sacrifice and taking a step. And maybe you, you just, this is new to you. And you want to, for God to identify for you what that is so you can move and start tearing these idols down in your life. Maybe you're here today, you've been a Christian for such a long time, and you've kind of settled into a comfort zone, a rhythm, and God maybe is challenging you now to, to step it up and, and, and really do some uncomfortable things. I don't know what it is for each one of you. But what I do want to do is I want to pray for you. So let's pray together. So Lord God, we, uh, we thank you so much because you are, you are speaking to us. You are speaking to this church. I want to thank you, God, because you've, you've sacrificed your son for the forgiveness of our sins. And we can come to you clean because of what Christ did for us. Thank you so much for that, for salvation that was made available through Jesus. But I also want to thank you because you've allowed for us in this time that we're here on earth to have a, a path to walk in. And this path that we, that we walk on is a, is a path that is not an easy path. And it requires dying to ourselves. It requires putting to death our idols. It requires um, doing hard things. But it's such a worthwhile life. And so God, I just pray for each one here that we won't walk away from this message today and just like, okay, just heard it, it was kind of good. I didn't like it that much. It was a little long. I don't know. But that we'll walk away realizing that there is something that you're asking of us to put to death. So that's my prayer today, that you'll speak to each one of us and that we'll go home today thinking about this. And that the result of that will be that we will tear down these idols and begin to walk in step with the Spirit. That's my prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.